flautist. Hello and welcome to Chaotic Creations, a podcast where we take weird prompts and make weird Dungeons and Dragons characters. I'm Harper, your lawful nerdy paladin. And I'm Darby, your chaotic tired bard. And welcome to our eighth episode. Darby, what is new this week? What's new is that we have our winners for our dice giveaway. Congratulations to GM Hina, Lacey, and ChavHunter1986 on Twitter for winning these beautiful dice from Die Hard Dice. Thank you to everyone who entered the giveaway. We are so grateful to all of you, and we really got a kick out of reading all of your favorite characters, whether or not they were characters that we made, and we may or may not have gotten some ideas for new characters. In other new things this week, Darby and I guessed it on not one, but two one-shots that are now available for your listening pleasure. You can find our two spooky Halloween one-shots. One is on the Not A Scratch podcast, our dear friends who run a Pokemon mystery dungeon actual play. We got to play as Pokemon and it was very fun. And you can also hear us on the Wildervir YouTube channel doing a play test of their spooky haunted bog. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to record these episodes. As you know, we love character creation. It was a lot of fun to try these different systems and make these characters that we then got to play and keep up with our podcast to hear about how we made some of these characters. Oh, spoiler. And the last thing that we want to address is we know that this episode is coming out on the Wednesday after the general election in the United States. We are recording this intro on Monday, so we do not yet know the results for the election. So here's a quick update from future Harper on the state of the world. Hello everyone, future Harper here. It's 6.48 a.m. on November 4th, and the election is still too close to call. We're waiting for many states to finish counting all of their ballots before the election is decided, and so we're still waiting. But there is some good news. Many states have legalized recreational or medicinal marijuana, including Arizona, New Jersey, Montana, South Dakota, and Mississippi. California gave voting rights back to former felons. Delaware, Vermont, New York, and maybe a couple other states that I've missed have elected openly LGBTQ legislators. Florida has elected to raise their minimum wage to $15. And Mississippi approved a new flag that is going to remove the Confederate flag from their official state representation. So I urge you all to take comfort in the small wins, take the breaks that you need today, and don't stop fighting. Thanks for the update, future Harper. No matter what happens, we want to stress that we want you to take care of yourselves. We hope that if you're listening to this podcast episode on Wednesday, that this can bring you perhaps a small moment of fun or levity, respite perhaps, to whatever is happening in the world. And know that if you're struggling, we are with you together and we'll all pull through this with each other. And whenever you happen to be listening to this episode, we hope that it's just a little bit of a break in your day and that you can laugh along with us as we make a funny character. And on that note, Darby, I believe it is your turn to prompt me this week. Yes, indeed. I think I have something that will be quite interesting. All right, then without further ado, I think that we should hop into today's episode. (music) 
Harper, today I have a background that I would love for you to turn into a character. It's one that I've never used before, but I have recently acquired with my new D&D Beyond purchases that I've made impulsively. By the way, D&D <laughs> Beyond, if you're listening, please sponsor us. Please, please sponsor us. Today, I would like you to make me a character with the background of the Knight of the Order from the Sword Coast's Adventure Guide. Oh, you know me. I love good old-fashioned classic fantasy heroes. That was what I grew up on, so I am so excited for this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about Knight of the Order as a background. Yeah, so Knight of the Order, obviously, you belong to an Order of Knights. It's in the name. <laughs> You've sworn an oath to achieve a goal. The goal's kind of different from order to order, but in your eyes it is a vital and honorable endeavor. You may think of classical knights. Knights in the Faerun don't necessarily restrict their membership to just being a guy in heavy armor on a horse. It could be a lot of different things with a lot of different goals, a lot of different philosophies, a lot of different gear. It's really just sort of open for interpretation. And I think, again, Harper, you love those classic fancy tropes, so... Boy, howdy do I. (laughs) And this gives you quite a bit of wiggle room in terms of how you would like to interpret this knight. I love it. So let me roll some stats. Yeah. If this is your first time listening, just to tell you how we roll stats, we roll four d6s. You take three highest numbers and add them together. And if you roll any ones, you re-roll them. All right, so the stats that I have rolled for this character are 14, 16, 13, 16, 14, 8. This'll be fun. We love a good negative modifier on chaotic creations, so that 8 will be fun to play with. Yes, which knightly virtue will this knight be lacking in? Well, in honor of starting with a background, let's talk about personality, ideal, bond, and flaw, and then we can pick a class and a race based upon those. So let's build the story first. All right. Looking at the personality traits. Do we think this is a knight who is a seasoned veteran, perhaps, or maybe someone who's new? I think that oftentimes people who make D&D characters make them a bit on the younger side mm-hmm. just because it makes more sense to create a lower level character there. But I think that it, there's no problem with having a, an adventurer who starts off a little bit later in life. Yeah. So I think that having a middle aged to, you know, that middle late age cutoff character would be interesting. So I think a veteran. Mm. So I like, I'm full of inspiring and cautionary tales from my military experience relevant to almost every combat situation. Sounds good. I know I had this misconception for a while, but just thinking about like, oh, at level one, you're like basically a farmer with a weapon. Yeah, no, at level one, you've already had significant training. Yeah, that's a belief that people may or may not still hold. It was definitely one that I held for a long time Mm -hmm. that I thought like, I can't have a cool backstory at low level. And I'm still trying to like counteract that a little bit. I think the most helpful thing to keep in mind with that is proficiencies. Mm -hmm. Think about rogues. You start off at level one with proficiencies and thieves tools. You need to have already trained or practiced with those tools, which means that you are not just starting off and this is your first time ever doing roguish things. You have already done them before. You have proficiency with these tools. Yeah, as I unfortunately learned for some reason or another that I will not go into detail, picking locks is not that easy. (laughs) (laughs) We promise that Darby is not doing anything of questionable legality. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I quite like the I'm full of inspiring and cautionary tales from my military experience relevant to almost every combat situation. I, in my career, have worked with several people who are significantly older than me, but we hold the same job title. Mm -hmm. And I love listening to all of their stories of the years and years that they have spent doing this job. Oh, yeah. I love my coworkers at my current position because I love where I work and just hearing the things that they have to say. I could just sit and listen to them talk for hours because I have and it's been great. What else? These are the building blocks. Yeah, this person's character. Do we want them to be PTSD? <laughs> like I quite like I can stare down a hellhound without flinching mm-hmm. because now I need to hear the story of the time that they stared down a hellhound. And I'm sure they have a story for it. Maybe that's like the initiative thing. It's like the order has like a pet hellhound, but they don't tell <laughs> anybody outside of the order. It's like their hazing thing. <laughs> That's very companions in Skyrim. Like, once you get into the Order, we'll let you know, oh, hey, by the way, yeah, we're werewolves. I'm thinking, like, Time Lords, kind of, from Doctor Who, where, like, at a certain age, you have to stare into the untempered schism, and that's sort of... (laughs) how you react to it shapes who you are or who you become in that society in a way. Not like, oh, this determines your fate, but it can tell a lot about you from how you react. Like apparently the master, who's like the doctor's greatest Mm -hmm. rival, reportedly looked into the schism and went mad. Right. But some people see endless wonder. Some people see a scientific anomaly to be cracked. And so for this order of knights, you have to wrestle a hellhound. Yeah. I like it. Okay. In terms of ideals, I mean, my thing about knights, I love the classical fantasy. I really do want to go for greater good. And the reason I prefer greater good over responsibility is that I love the knight who will do what is right, which is often in line with what they are commanded to do Mm -hmm. by whatever authority figure they serve, but then will, when it is called for, say, no, screw the rules, I'm going to do what I know is right. Yeah, spirit of the law as opposed to letter of the law, which feels extremely relevant in our current time period. (laughs) Yes, I want better people in figures of authority. Yeah, I'm reminded of Spider-Man. Yes. You know, I'm not a big comics person. I never was allowed to read comics. You know what? I just had an amazing idea. Yeah. What if this knight is part of, you know, a D&D campaign settings version of the Avengers. Like, obviously, the Avengers have a varied skill set, which means that this group of knights would all also have varied skill set. They just have the shared title of knight without Mm -hmm. the assumption that comes with it of we're all paladins and fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. Awesome. Okay, Knight of the Order. I think it's the Order of Vengeance, then it has to be. I don't think that's an actual order, but... I suppose Order of of Vengeance is a little too on the nose. (laughs) I think that the noun is Avenger, a person who gets vengeance. I see. You avenge something, you don't vengeance something. Vengeance (laughs) is just the noun. Yeah. You know what? You mentioned Spider-Man and my brain jumps to the middle-aged Spider-Man representation that we get in Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I mean, Peter Parker had this like heroic phase like in his youth, obviously, that version of Spider-Man. And then he went through this slump and then he like came back, even though he's like middle-aged. Maybe that's what motivated this person to go on an adventure. Is they're like, I used to be so heroic when I was younger and then I've kind of dropped off since then and now I'd really like to get back to my adventuring ways. Yeah. So let's think about bonds. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, if we're making it kind of based off of Spider-Man, it has to be I fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man is a man of the people. He's just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Exactly. I'm just Spider-Man. Bitch, you've been to space! <laughs> <laughs> yeah for not a comics person spider-man i think will wholeheartedly be my favorite hero not because of how awesome his powers are i'm gonna be honest i'm deeply afraid of heights would not want anything to do with swinging from building to building like that flying totally fine praying that my webs hit a building and i don't slam into something at 30 miles per hour not my shtick <laughs> i mean the good news is spider-man is also very durable so yes. if he does slam into things at 30 miles an hour he's not gonna die yes but swinging and unslinging would be too much for me it's the attitude he has and how he carries himself even this like middle-aged spider-man is still like i have a responsibility i have a duty even though he's like feeling terrible about where he is in life and how he's doing he's still like no i have to do this like this is my duty but then in terms of flaws I think I made a terrible mistake in battle that cost many lives and I would do anything to keep that mistake secret. I think that has so much potential for storytelling. I love it. The anything to keep that mistake secret is sort of interesting. Well, maybe part of the test that this character goes through, like over their time as an adventurer, is learning what it is they would and wouldn't do to keep the secret. And you know, it doesn't have to be something that they went through with this order. Maybe it's something that they went through while they were, you know, soldier before they maybe joined this order and was like i want to get back at it you know this knightly order fits my vibe they're like so like tell us about yourself he's like i will tell you everything and just skip over this thing i mean think about the core thing about all spider-man backstories is that whoever the person is in the suit they lose someone important to them at the start of their journey like for peter parker it's uncle ben for miles morales it's his uncle in into the spider-verse they detail how gwen lost her best friend yeah and so that loss and feeling like it's a little bit their fault or that they could have prevented it is integral to the Spider-Man character. With great power comes great responsibility. That is correct. The only people who stay dead in the Marvel Universe is Uncle Ben. Uh, Uncle Ben's the only (laughs) one who stays dead. Everyone else comes back like three bajillion times, but Uncle Ben... That is a doornail. Well, if we are making this character based off of Spider-Man, there are a couple of things that immediately come to mind. The first of which is when we're talking about race, I think spiders and I think drow. Because the drow, historically in the lore, follow Lolf, who is the goddess of, among other things, spiders. And so when I think of spiders and Spider-Man, I think, okay, this has to be a drow, a dark elf. Yeah, I guess. I mean, honest, I don't know much about drow, and I don't really like spiders. I mean, there is a lot of controversy surrounding the way that Wizards of the Coast handles the drow. Yeah. Particularly because in earlier generations, and even to an extent in 5e, it's like, they're all evil, and there's something deeply problematic about saying one of the only canonically dark-skinned races is an evil race. Mm -hmm. that's bs we don't like it yeah so this heroic knight is going to be a drow and if anyone has a problem with it they can suck it yeah you can at me on twitter and i will block you (laughs) (laughs) please at me on twitter so i do not have to listen to you ever the amount of fucks i give about someone being like well drow is canonically supposed to be evil go yourself why would you make an entire race just evil like well how does that make sense everyone was just born going like "Ah, i want to eat babies or something like (laughs) seriously i don't understand the logic 
I never have understood the logic that Wizards of the Coast put in saying that there are certain things that are inherent about you based on your race, not just in your physical abilities, but in your mindset and personality. Like, no, that is so essentialist. Like, Wizards of the Coast, you need to get some psychologists on your writing staff to tell you that that is complete and utter horse shit. Or here's one, people of color. <laughs> That too. Better yet, you should get people of color with psychology degrees or even just, you know, any diversity in your writing room. But the logic behind making a race of dark-skinned elves completely evil was racism. <laughs> was racist and bad and we hate it and we are going to subvert that today. Hey everyone, Harper here. Before we continue with today's episode, let's hear a quick message from our friends over at Agents of Damned. Hello everyone! This is your sometimes benevolent, often malevolent dungeon master, Jordan Roman. I'm the host of a real play Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Agents of Damned. Set in the near future of the world of Faerun, our campaign follows three adventurers working to prevent calamities and disasters from arising before they can ever become a threat. Join Saith, the sneaky tiefling rogue with an eternal smile, Terra Dark Knight, the Ursine Druidic Forest Guardian with a taste for knees, and the good Dr. Arlo Aegon, a clerical dragon born with a heart and hide of gold, as they try to protect the world from unknown forces and try to adjust to their new jobs as members of the Department of Adventurers maintaining normality and eradicating debacles, or as they're more commonly known, damned. We release new episodes every other Friday and can be found on Buzzsprout, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. Until then, bye! I really like that we're going to make this order. You don't have to be a paladin or a fighter to be a member of this knightly order. And when I think of Spider-Man, I kind of go two different directions. I think where it's either going to be a monk or a rogue. I think monk sort of fits. Thinking about patient defense and, you know, just the kind of dodgy weavy ability that the monks get. Plus, think about Miles Morales' stinging venom, like it's electric shock. Oh, yeah. You can do that with stunning strike throughout every iteration of Spider-Man. Incredibly intelligent. Being able to punch someone be like, ah, <laughs> I now understand all of your weaknesses. I'm old enough where my first Spider-Man films were the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. So I remember him getting into a boxing ring when he's first trying out his powers. And that really fits in with Monk to me, of just like, I'm just gonna punch you with my super strength. Oh my god, Toby McGuire. <laughs> so I think we're gonna go with a Drow Monk, mm -hmm. who's a knight in the Order of Vengeance. So with Monk in mind, let's assign these stats. I'm gonna put 116 in Dexterity. It's the most important stat for a Monk. I'm also gonna put a 16 in Intelligence. Spider-Man is often portrayed as an incredibly intelligent person. Like I really enjoy that about the Tom Holland portrayals of Spider-Man, how he's an extremely gifted science student. Mm -hmm. Because he is a Monk and I do not want to hamstring myself, I'm going to put a 14 in Wisdom. Mm -hmm. It's hard because Spider-Man doesn't have that many weaknesses. I would say if this is Spider-Man just starting out, we'll put the eight in charisma. I mean, I'm thinking of the Peter Parker that we see who's middle-aged in Into the Spider-Verse, and he is not a charismatic guy. <laughs> and then I'm going to put the 14 in constitution and the 13 in strength. So our final stats are strength of 13, dexterity 16, constitution 14, intelligence 16, wisdom 14, charisma 8. 
You get racial bonuses. I do get racial bonuses. Your dexterity would go up by two and your charisma by one. Perfect. So we're going to end up with a charisma of nine and a dexterity of 18, which is looking good for our monk. With that in mind, we need to take a better look at the drow features. So superior dark vision, which is very Spider-Man on brand, 120 feet radius. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sunlight sensitivity, but also Spider-Man is a vigilante, and so he's probably doing most of his heroing at night anyway, so I feel like sunlight sensitivity is okay. And as a fourth level character, our drow will know the Dancing Lights cantrip and the Fairy Fire spell. In one more level, our drow will be able to cast Darkness, but not yet. What's also nice is that as a drow, you automatically get proficiency in perception, which I think also fits in with this idea of like Spider-Man because of the spooter sense. I also quite like the fey ancestry of having advantage on saving throws against being charmed, mm-hmm. especially with the most recent Spider-Man movie and Mysterio and that, I mean, it's supposed to be magic and they made it illusions with drones, but either way, an advantage against being charmed because of that spidey sense. I think also historically Spider-Man has been resistant to magic and sort of like charmy stuff. Nerds don't come for us. We don't read the comic books. Yes, I only read the clips that get posted on Facebook and whatever I can scram off of Wikipedia. And then with a trance, again, Spider-Man can get more done in a day because he only needs to sleep for four hours, whereas most people need to sleep for eight, Mm -hmm. which is good because he needs to be able to lead a double life. Not our character, though. Yeah. So if he is a monk, we need to pick a monastic tradition that we're going to follow here. I have one in mind. Do tell. When I think of Spider-Man, on top of having powers, I think of how intelligent he is. So this is Matthew Mercer's homebrew for Monk, Way of the Cobalt Soul. It's just intelligence-based. It's a lot of seeking truth and knowledge and enlightenment and sort of mastering techniques. They're very smart and like they use their intelligence to their advantage. I think this is probably where I got that idea of hitting people and extracting information about them is from Cobalt Soul. Extract aspects. At third level, you can punch a person essentially and extract information about them. You can understand their damage vulnerabilities, resistance immunities and condition immunities and so you get all this information now i'm thinking about the playstation spider-man video game which i quite loved and when i think of the way that the fighting mechanics work in that particular game i have to go for way of the open hand because so much of that game is about pushing your enemies around you on the battlefield and knocking your enemies over and stunning them i gotta hand it to you i didn't think about that one I know, it's a little ham-fisted, but you just gotta roll with the punches. I opened myself up to this when I chose Monk. Yeah, I get a kick out of this. All right, so we're gonna go with Way of the Open Hand, which means that at third level, in addition to all of the other Monk abilities, we learn the Open Hand Technique, which means that if you hit a creature with a flurry of blows attack, you can either knock them prone, push them 15 feet away from you, or stop them from taking reactions until the end of your next turn. Yeah, it's a lot of crowd control. Which we love for a character based on Spider-Man because Spider-Man is all about going in and taking on a pack of criminals that severely outnumber him. So let's get into proficiencies. And we'll start by going back to the background that Darby selected at the beginning, which again was Knight of the Order. Knight of the Order gives you skill proficiency in persuasion and one other from the list of arcana, history, nature, and religion. And I think that it should be 
history because Spider-Man is very entrenched in his neighborhood always. He's a huge nerd. If no one else will say it, (laughs) then I'll be the brave one to say that Spider-Man's a nerd. Oh, he totally is. Oh, yeah. He's one of us. Every iteration of Spider-Man is a nerd. At me. (laughs) (laughs) And then for skills from the monk class, you need to choose from acrobatics, athletics, history, insight, religion, and stealth. I feel like acrobatics for Acrobatics, obviously, and I think the other one should be stealth. Yes. I wonder what kind of soldier he was. Special ops. I think he has to be, right? Yeah, with stealth and acrobatics. Mm-hmm. Also, don't forget about because of the drow background, proficiency and perception as well. Yeah, and that huge, huge dark vision. So I think that this particular middle-aged knight before becoming Spider-Man was a member of a special ops unit. Maybe the event where a lot of people got killed by accident. At this point, this person is almost like a pseudo-assassin-y type. Mm. Maybe they succeeded, like their target was eliminated, but a lot of other people were caught in the crossfire. Oh, what if they eliminated the wrong target? Ooh! (laughs) Or what if? I'm trying to think about something that has a lot of collateral damage that isn't necessarily like a bomb. Well, what's the magical equivalent of a bomb? I was thinking of poison that accidentally, instead of going into a cup, it got mixed in with a bottle of wine that only they were supposed to drink. But they were like, no, you know what? This expensive bottle of wine, I'm feeling in a generous mood. And they shared it with loads of people. Yep. Accidental collateral damage would be psychologically damaging for this character. Especially if it was like, oh, I don't know, perhaps there were younger people people involved or like children some parents give their kids like a little cheeky taste of wine or a little beer when they're young oh my gosh what if an entire family died and it was only the head of the family who was guilty of the crime but the entire family died by accident and they were under explicit orders to not kill the entire family Mm -hmm. yeah i think i have found a name for our character Mm -hmm. in honor of the fact that these spider-man characters often have alliterative names peter parker miles morales and that I, Harper Hayes, love some good alliteration. (laughs) We do love alliteration at Chaotic Creations. I have found a drow name that I quite like, and I've made it alliterative. Mm -hmm. So I quite like the name Rildren Rilyana. Rildren. All right. And then continuing with our proficiencies, also get an artisan's tool or musical instrument from the monk class. And from the knight background, proficiency in a gaming set or musical instrument. I like the idea of this character being proficient in smith's tools. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man makes all of his own weapons. Spider-Man's a smart lad. He makes his own stuff. He does. And or alters things he finds. I mean, thinking about Miles Morales. He kind of gets these like shooters, but he alters the outfit to like fit him and be his shtick and style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not really a reference to any particular Spider-Man that I can think of, but I always love, you know, the older guy who after a day of hard adventuring or battling will just sit down and play like some very soothing music on a wooden flute. So I like the idea that from the night background, we are getting the proficiency in flute just because i think it's nice noise he is a flautist that is a fun word also yes flautist and the last thing you get to choose is a language Ooh, a language so we already know elvish and common uh-huh. so i think it only makes sense for a knight of the order of vengeance who's also a drow and also based on a vigilante to speak under common 
I think so. If you could learn Thieves Can't, I'd give him Thieves Can't. You know, I was really thinking about Rogue, so maybe this is a character who in later levels may multi-class in Rogue. Yeah, with such a high dexterity, I mean, yeah. It'd be silly not to. Hide as a bonus action. Makes sense, because Spooderman do hide on walls and ceilings and stuff. It's funny that you mention the walls, because I already have an idea for a feat in mind. And that would be the athlete feat. Ah. Because for athlete, we get to improve strength or dexterity by one, and I would choose strength to round it up to a nice 14. Mm -hmm. But the thing about athlete that really pulls me to it is that climbing does not cost extra movement, and Spider-Man needs to be able to climb. And also that you can make an improved long or high jump, which feels very Spider-Man. This is the most roguey monk we could have made without literally making them a shadow monk, (laughs) but like also kind of (laughs) wholesome. You know what? I love a good wholesome boy, which Rildren absolutely is. Yeah. How long do drows live again? I think that they have the same lifespan as an elf, so they can live a very long time. Something like 700 years. So I like that maybe this character is quite old in terms of human years. Like this drow is like 200 years old and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're a veteran. You've seen so much. But in reality, he's still like in his 30s in human years. I had a thought that like maybe this giant mistake that happened early in his life became a pseudo legend from that area. Mm, In the time that he's still been alive. Uh Uh-huh. They're like, it was such a tragedy that no one can really understand. And they think it's a curse upon that house. They said that the head of the house was doing some really shady things. And then on a night of celebration, the entire family dropped dead and no one knows why. Like, oh god. And so Rildren joining the Knights of Vengeance is in part to pay back for the mistakes of his past life. Yeah, he's avenging the people he killed by seeking to do good elsewhere. With great power. Great responsibility. That's all for this week. Be sure to join us next week for another Chaotic Creation. Chaotic Creations is created, produced, and hosted by Harper Hayes and Darby Pack. Editing is by Harper Hayes, and web design is by Darby Pack. The art is by Kiku Hughes, who you can find on Twitter at Kiku Hughes, and the music is by Kevin McLeod. You can find us online at chaoticpod.com. If you would like to chat with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at chaoticpod. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and tell your favorite nerdy friend about us. It's the best way to help us grow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>